0: a litany for survival. For those of us who live at the shoreline, standing at the constant edge of decision, crucial and alone. For those of us who cannot indulge the passing dreams of choice, who love in doorways coming and going in the hours between dawns, looking inward and outward, at once, before and after, seeking a now that can breed futures, like bread in our children's mouths so their dreams will not reflect the death of ours. For those of us who were imprinted with fear, like a faint line in the centre of our foreheads, learning to be afraid of our mother's milk, for by this weapon, this illusion of some safety to be found, the heavy-footed hoped to silence us. For all of us, this instant and this triumph, we were never meant to survive. Audre Lord.
1: For all of us for all of us that was the beautiful voice of
0: this Jim McNeish here oh,
1: for those of us that went to the same place I went to <laughs> um I could survive I think if you just read that on a daily basis um, <laughs> so I am Christy Mack I am speaking to the wonderful Jim McNeish and today Mr McNeish firstly how are you and secondly what do we speak of
0: I am like a bear today, Kirsty Mack, feeling like, good. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel warm and uh, resilient and, um, yeah, excited about the future. That's how I am. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm now excited about the
0: future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. That passed through the Zoom lens. Bring it.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, and let's do it in a way that's more than just survival. Thank you. Survival is what we're going to talk about today. And I'll tell you what gripped me about it. So we all know that survival is just this basic kind of um, instinct in living things to stay alive and pass on their genetic material and and do the things that um, alive things do. And so essentially, not even good or bad, just essential. But what intrigued me once is I remember coaching a finance director in a company and him saying, the problem with this culture, Jim, is it's a survival culture. Everybody around here's got a survival mindset, and that's why we're not moving forward. I was like, "Uh oh, okay." So, you mean that survival sometimes is negative as a as a way of thinking? Um, and interestingly, I, I wonder. You Know that was said before 2020, <laughs> um, whereas a lot of people had to try and survive in 2020. Um, but um, I think about the survival meme container in Spiral Dynamics, the beige level, and we often joke about, yeah, I'm at beige, you know, <laughs> as if it's a bad thing, you know, yeah. and it's it's kind of like there's some of that in there, um, which is which is fascinating to me about um, there's something about the survival mentality that gets in the way of other things that we need to start to think about. And that's why I thought I'd really like to talk to you about it today and and see what we think about it.
1: And wow, what a year to talk about survival, right? What a year. And, you know, that whole survival mindset, you know, it means... I mean, if I think about it, if I think about even this year, it means you're going to click in to do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. And there are no tabs open.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're in foveal vision. You're focused Mm -hmm. on, I just need to do this thing. Yeah. Usually that's if I'm getting hungry. I just, I just need to eat the thing. Um, yeah. But you know what, you, you, I, you're completely focused. You're completely. And you gifted. get it done. That's it. Sorted and quickly. How,
0: how often have I talked to you about building a knowledge library over the last 20 years? And chat, 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 wouldn't it be great? And then this year I had to do it. Boom. I had to do it it had to be it was it was the way of presenting myself in a, a digital world and and it got done and it's growing every week yes. because it that survival mindset brought that you know that's the way it works
1: i I've had that this year it's just like I oh I should do this or I should do this I, and I've stopped shooting all over myself and actually doing it because really you know that's what written a in. book <laughs> yeah that's it boom I really want to write a book okay I'll do it then I'll think about another one, and so it's boom. Okay, I'll, it's like barriers just disappear. Uh-huh. When weirdly in twenty twenty, there you could perceive there was more barriers, but actually it's like no, yeah, let's do the thing,
0: get it done, What needs done yeah. to survive. Yeah. I, but uh, but then, I I kind of look back on on the work and say, I wonder if twenty twenty one will be much more where we need to inhabit the curiosity mindset (laughs) which is not that person who has to get off the road or get away from the predator or make it through the next day it's the one who stops in a field and wonders what type of wildflowers they're seeing and it's the one who um just picks up a book and rather than skim reads the chapters and goes after what they're after, they, they also browse past one or two of interest and get their mind knocked into a whole different way of thinking. Um, and I just sometimes wonder if that's what that finance director was saying, is that where is our sense of curiosity about the world that we live in if all we're trying to do is get from one day to the next and trying to make our department survive?
1: i just had the most beautiful image of being in a field with lots of books. going on twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm there. But yeah, that it's it feels so you know getting the things done is foveal vision that feels expansive and bringing in new learnings and exploration and you know that's that's the the beauty about why we will always go back to you and I in our conversations about you know Claire Gravesy's work and and. The, that being a, attuned to your environment, that's, that's the whole genius of it. And, and when we, we moved from a beige through, through red, we needed that vigilance. We needed that because it was quite short-term. You know, and yeah. that's, that's where we were in sort of March, April. It's short-term. This is it. This is what needs to happen. This is the defence. But it's helpful. So the survival is helpful. It's not, as the financial director says, it is not the bad uh-huh. thing. Because
0: in that's the instances. environment, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Yes, that's yeah. the environment, this is what's needed, I am attuned to it. And that's where, I suppose if we are talking about things get out of the way, it's that we get out of the way and we, we actually, we are completely aligned to what is happening and boom, we're yep. going through it. But then in safer environments, in the workplace, mm-hmm. for some, um, families, that, that survival instinct can be exactly as they say, it can be problematic, it, it stops, um as expressing ourselves perhaps you know we talked about vulnerability in another part it stops us expressing ourselves as much it stops us sharing you know yeah. we before 20, 2020 we talked about collaboration we didn't collaborate we just copied people into an email that we wanted to know what was happening we didn't yes. really collaborate as well yeah. Um, and so that can be problematic it doesn't it stops exploratory dialogue. It stops creative expression.
0: I get and, and And the survival we're talking about that people are running, the numbers they're running in the business world, we're not talking about physical survival now. We're not talking about getting through it. Um, I used to laugh when I would run open programs and and people would on day three, of course, by that stage, they're all in love with each other. Have you seen it? I'm a celebrity, get me out of here this year. No. Oh, the producers must be so disappointed they all love each other oh there's do been, they? oh there's been no arguments they're all hugging they're all loving they're all like oh That's you're hilarious. the best thing ever of course we're going to stay in touch i've made lifelong friends and uh, they're highly collaborative they're having nice chats <laughs> and there's, there's no tension there's no tension <laughs> the producers have been gutted um Yeah, so they're all getting on brilliantly, but I used to laugh when I'd be doing that and it gets to day three of a training programme and of course everybody's loving each other, they're all connected, they're all shared all that stuff and then they'll say something like, Jim, that's all very well here, how do we sustain this back in the workplace, you know, because this is obviously a safe environment, I was like, yeah, that's right, because you're going to work in shark infested oceans when you go back, like you work in an office, (laughs) a paper card it is open plan (laughs) it's open plan yeah yeah you could get a draft maybe an eye infection um it's like what do you mean a dangerous environment but what we mean by that is is survival of the ego and survival of the spirit they're not talking about dangerous in that sense the danger they're talking about is their pride and their status and being right and dominance and like I'm the customer here and you're the supplier within their organizations and they've managed to build these agreements that kind of hold all that together that lets their ego know that they're either important or they're moving in the right direction or, or spiritual, you know, like they've, they've joined these things to make a difference. I'm working with the World Economic Forum at the moment and, um, and, and a group, Atlas Renewables, who, who are built, have one of the largest alternative energy companies in South America. And um, we're seeing um, people are joining that because it, it resonates with their identity, their connectedness, meaning, values, It's those things that people move into survival mentalities about. That's when they start to shut down the sharing and, and behave in a way that is no longer expansive or learning because they feel under siege or attacked by the forces within their organisations on those things. And I think that's when you see that Survival mentality starting to spring up in the workplace in a way that's destructive.
1: Hmm. And you you talk about um, so I mean people can get quite sort of let's <laughs> say quite defensive. <laughs> people can be, get quite defensive, slightly selfish, um, and sort of start hoarding. You know, it would be people. Oh, no, that's my budget. That's that's not your budget. Um, you don't seem to have spent your budget. Oh no, but it's my budget, you know, Alex. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of, it's sort of amassing these budgets and staff. Well, it, it doesn't look like you're sort of at, at at sort of capacity with the team that you've got. Just wondering if we could. It's, it's, it's my staff.
0: It's how my many staff, times do you awesome. get asked? How many times in December did you get asked to commit to staff next year, and we want to pay you this year? Do You got all your advance. I calls
1: this week. I <laughs>
0: calls this week. I mean, I'm not going to like, I don't hate oh, I need to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's like, <laughs> ooh, that helps. Um, but yeah, you get, but I, I've, I've watched, do you know where I've seen it really strongly is in um, people going into organizations under the digital banner. They're going in under the digital banner and they're disparaging the current IT department. <sighs> and I'm seeing it a lot. This is not a one-off. I'm seeing, oh no, we're digital. In other words, we are commercial and strategic, and IT supply you with your laptops. And therefore, we're gonna need this budget from IT, and we're gonna to need to take that budget off them. And actually, we're gonna to have to be in control of this and that. And we will also, actually, IT, you shouldn't really be speaking directly to the commerce people, come through us.
1: You're working with one of my clients. <laughs> <You're working
0: laughs> with one of, we should speak if we're in the we, same client. Oh, it's all happening the whole time. So right. It's happening the whole time. And it's this idea of survival. It's like this is how you survive as a digital person. And I've watched digital teams far less skilled than the current IT teams that are already in the business, far mm. less knowledgeable about the history, far less knowledgeable of the client base, going in there, like right, practically with a straw in their mouth, saying, Let's do this, let's do that, let's do the other. And I'm reminded of Meg Wheatley's training on this. Meg Wheatley says, Michael is a biologist and she's a mentor to me and she said um when a new species joins an ecology there's usually three routes that it goes in one it becomes rapacious and greedy and it gobbles up as much of the resources and it starts to destroy the ecology mm. two a bigger, uglier species comes along and wipes it out before it gets a chance to really take ground. And so if it doesn't do that, or it doesn't find a way of kind of getting into it, um, it will be destroyed or picked off by someone else. And she so said, the third thing is it adapts. It goes into the ecology and it learns to respect it, not write it off, not just see it as a, a feeding frenzy, but it respects and it learns and it learns the other Uh, species and it learns how to become part of the cycle to make it work and she was using this analogy to talk about new directors as digital now in the 90s it was marketing directors went in and Mm. they had to own everything and and these new directors that are going in how do they go in they're no longer kind of brandishing all their power but actually they go in there with respect for what's already been achieved in difficult trying circumstances Rather than using the opportunity to gather people's budget,
1: I was just having a Wheatley moment. Just even mm-hmm. just the deliciousness of that, yeah, and yeah. there are like you know, psychiatrists are now talking about attention deficit trait, so not ADHD.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a feeling of that, oh, like low level frenzy, danger, guilt, disorganised, can't manage time. Um, so it's not character dna based, and it's purely this response to a hyperkinetic environment I'm working with a client who's exactly that you know would you could you could match that person to exactly all of that they're they're just trying to cope but they're you know they never they're not turning up to meetings they're not getting back to emails
0: it's
1: like a constellation so they're they're bored i can see the constellation and they're in a different universe. Yeah. They're sort of just, and everyone else in this constellation together is looking over at them going,
0: what them? is going on? Yeah.
1: What are they doing?
0: Um, self-referenced. And self-referenced.
1: Yes. Yeah, like just no concept,
0: mm.
1: no concept. And they are just, and I was just speaking to him. I was exhausted after an hour conversation. But you could see that just all about themselves, all just like but hyper, there was just this hyperness. Yeah. And for me to be exhausted after an hour, how much to feel for them?
0: Because there's no access to the liminal space with them. Oh no. We we'll, we'll so spoke much. about liminality and given the feedback we had from that talk, I think we'll probably be talking about it again, but that yeah. liminal space between thresholds where the new emerges, where you genuinely create something from that nothing space, mm-hmm. that, that unique human ability. Um, when somebody is struggling with um, this attention deficit trait, no tolerance at all to stand there with you and look at what's emerging, look at what's coming. Yeah they're just in a besieged mentality and overwhelmed and basically defending themselves against their colleagues. Yeah. And I guess what's happening is is it's it's amygdala, isn't it?
1: Oh God, they they were, this person was an amygdala on legs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was it. That's all that was running, yeah. Pure amygdala thinking. Uh, Brain dripping with cortisol, adrenaline, Hippocampus is shut down, higher functions of the neocortex no longer in operation, entirely dualistic thinking. Um, (laughs) Ivan Terrell and Joe Griffin, I've got a brilliant quote, they say that to the emotional brain, Everything is either good or bad, right or wrong, safe or dangerous, happy or sad, perfect or irretrievably imperfect. And when emotional arousal is maintained, it prevents the higher cortex from using its highly evolved ability to tolerate ambiguity and take a wider perspective. In other words, no liminality, no paradox, no complexity, either or, right or wrong, good or bad, friend or enemy, um, act or don't. My responsibility or yours, my budget or yours. Yeah. It's like when they're in that space of just surviving, activated at the prim- the real primitive part of the brain that is running the show, then we start to see cabals and we start to see silos and we start to see those things breaking down. Um, reductionism, retreat into their own self. And that's just because they've got themselves into that hyper that hyper state where they can no longer rationalize. And
1: the thing is, it's... it's, it's- it's short term you know and there's that beautiful quote learning is a choice so is survival it is is such a (laughs) short term thought process you know and it is and we know ourselves we had that we're like right boom survival now now we're moving into a creative space but if if we maintain it oh get you killed
0: that's it that's that's the paradox of it (laughs) yeah it's like the survival (laughs) mentality maintained gets you killed (laughs)
1: yeah i mean you have to get back into that space of that where the liminal space or creative space or innovative space where we can engender new ideas and solutions and but if we're so focused on the problem we'll never see not problem we'll never see solution and so you have to encourage this learning agenda that space for people to connect you know a real human level and perhaps we've seen a lot of things happening this year of, of people saying you know we don't have that same social interaction or as, as a team we're really struggling with that we used to just sort of walk past each other's desk or whatever so really those that are really making a commitment to doing that are, are still there's still that real level of trust that exists there and um, but you know it's being open to those new thinking the input from others for a partnership for um you know being working collaboratively not creating enemies
0: and what do you do Kirsty, when you're dealing with somebody who just cannot come into that liminal space with you to create and generate that if they're only listening for the either ors the rights or wrongs what pragmatic advice do you give them where would you go to them pragmatically in terms of just some of the steps that they could take to actually get themselves into out of that survival mentality out of that cortisol drenched brain
1: well the the person I was speaking about earlier I just said go for a walk you know just shut down all sources of information as (laughs) we are speaking you have seven screens on I can see every pop (laughs) and thing happens like freaking minority report for you right now (laughs) shut them down get into your body it was really interesting when I actually said and I noticed him on screen when I said get into your body he flinched it was uh, actually I saw it on on the Zoom call. It absolutely flashed. A reminder. Uh huh. It was like it was body. so stark. <laughs> I have <laughs> Lord, I have I have a body. Um, I this is a hard one for me, but encourage boredom. Really. Just, just notice the emotion. Be with it, and and that is something that is it's, it's replenishing. I think actually con- the contemplation of that opens you up it's replenishing and it's restorative um
0: yeah yeah it's like the winter to creativity's summer yes. you know like if you have that boredom then how do you swing into the the summer of creativity like you need to have some of those moments where you're like looking for something to do and then give up looking and take a seat. <laughs> I
1: remember when we did seasonal yoga and, and I really loved it because it was by the seasons and I remember so I'm like summer you know this hair might give you an idea and it'd be like a shtanga and boom we do this and we do this and we move this and it's, it's all dynamic and then when we do winter it was yin yoga and it was just and you, you hold the pose for five six minutes I'm like wow I mean seriously this has been 15 minutes already <laughs> like, so that's us done 30 seconds oh, <laughs> Yes, but actually yin yoga is my most favorite thing i did it this morning as well because there it slows me down there's an openness that comes through from that you know literally in the body but there is an openness in that
0: yeah yeah so getting your body encourage some boredom i guess i'd also be saying take a bit of stock of what you've already achieved you know, just look back and just see how things have gone. And even if you feel like you haven't progressed the projects, how many kind of mountains did you climb? How many obstacles have you overcome? How many difficult conversations have you done? It's like, can you just do something that takes some stock of the moving forward? And if things are still stuck, are there some new agreements to renegotiate? You know, if if you are getting overwhelmed and if you are getting too many things coming on you, is it time to speak to your boss or to someone else to say, we're going to have to renegotiate the distribution of work here um, because I just cannot do all that anymore and the current situation doesn't allow it. So here's what I can do and this is what I won't want to be doing as much. So so again, I'd just say, could you renegotiate some of your agreements?
1: Get some good learning input, read something, listen to something. You know, often, often sometimes I've got the answer from my journal from last year. I've gone back and I've looked at my journal and said, oh, maybe I should have paid attention back then. But get, open the mind to new learning input, get in a different perspective. And, and whether that might be through learning or talking about it, have a conversation yeah. with someone that gives you, a, who is a sounding board who may look at it from a completely different yeah. perspective. And that's what you know i speaking to this 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 um company just now and it's just like i can see things from a completely different perspective because i'm not in their story and so wow. that has engendered more conversations um and i think yeah. especially now not just especially now we i think we're doing more of it now is is really taking stock of our mental mental health yeah you absolutely know, really learning yeah. about it understanding what works for us how, how do we personally stand guard to our mind?
0: Uh-huh. Beautiful. I love that. You know, one of the things I, I think that's difficult about that survival mentality is that it creeps up on you and you're invisible to it. And uh, we used to do an exercise up at Cantal that that is not mine. I think it may even be Stephen Covey's. But um, uh, we added an extra trader twist to it. So we would talk about when traders get into that space of competitiveness, They can lose a lot of money you know they can get themselves hooked on the market so we got a bunch of traders in the room and we divide them into four teams and it was called the x and the y game and each team would be given an x and a y card to hold up and we would appear suddenly with a load of fivers in the middle of the room and even though like these people have uh, multiple times that in their bank accounts many times over uh, money still seems to kind of sharpen the mind of a trader and um, they would say and we say, "This is real. This is, all these fivers can be won, and your job is to win as much as you can." Now here's the deal. We're going to count to three, and we're going to do 10 rounds, and when we count to three, you hold up either an X or a y. And if all four teams hold up a y, we'll give every team a fiver. Okay? Um, I'm
1: genuinely not breathing here. this:
0: Yeah. <laughs> Now, then, if one of you, though, holds up an X and the other three are holding up Y's, we're going to give that X 15 quid and we're going to take a fiver off the rest of you. So high stakes, if one person just breaks ranks, they make a lot of money from that and the other three lose. If two of you are holding up Y's and two hold up X's, 10 quid off the Y's, 10 quid to each of the X's if three of you hold up x's and there's only one y we're going to take 15 quid off the y and give it five quid to each of the x's and if all of you hold up x's then we're going to take five pound off all of you and so we'd run the game and we say to that and they say are we allowed to talk to each other i'd say yeah sure go ahead look guys here's the game we all need to hold up y's else nothing comes from the group OK, and we're all going to hold up wise. We're all going to hold wise. And then you see a wee wink between two of them and somebody would hold up an X, especially when I would declare this is a triple money round and then you'd get the Xs up. And it would always end the same way, which is at the end, they had no other choice, but everybody just holding up X's to minimise their loss. It's the only thing they could guarantee. And, um, uh, otherwise if somebody held a Y up in amongst that situation, you know, they just lost it all. I and mean, when we tripled the rounds and stuff, Kirsty, the house always won. We always hmm. won the money. And people had such a sense of betrayal. Like we used to run it in churches and people would cry. You know, oh, I've never seen such immorality. <laughs> you know, all that. Like all oh, for crying. Amazing. Yeah. But um, it would always make it because it went to survival. I went to lose the minimal. And at that point, when they were holding up X's, people were genuinely disappointed in the way that the game had turned out, even though they might have been the one that held up an X at some point. And when they held up an X, they said, okay, okay, I made the mistake, right? I, I, I'll give money back. Are we allowed to give money back? I went, sure, do what you like. Right, I'll give money back and they'll do it. But then somebody else would do an X at some point. There'd be a revenge piece or the last round, triple it and you'd get somebody <laughs> doing X's or you'd get all the money. Um that survival mentality mm. just clicks in and that and, and it's a way of revealing where we go to and why organizations end up very often with those cabals and those silos.
1: Wow. I was even bought into that whole process. I was I was like, okay, I'm ready. Give me the give me this. It's so
0: stressful. The,
1: yeah, even viscerally just sitting here, which is mm. funny. And so we have seen that, haven't we? Like right this year. Survival. It was, you know, talk about our diaries emptying. Seeing that, it just clicks something into place. I'm like, okay, so what needs to be done? How do we do it? What platforms do we need to be on? What do I need to learn? How do who do I need to con- connect with? Um, what sort of things? And and you know, I'm not the greatest at cancelling direct Davids and things like that. I wouldn't say it out loud, but quietly. So just. Just breathe through it. Um, but just, I was like looking at things and being really clear yeah. with my finances. I've never been so focused on my finances. Me neither. Um, really focused, looking at it. I even have a spreadsheet, Lord have mercy on my soul, that says survival income. Wow. You know, I've used the words survival income. Yeah. And I know all of my outgoings, know all of my incomings. Looked at that. Nope, that's going, that's going, that's going. Stop that. Do I need that? You know, and it wasn't. It doesn't. Wasn't as joyful as Marie Kondo going. To go, Does this spark joy? No, nope, don't need it. It was just <laughs> like it was none of that. Boom. Okay, that can go there. That can go there. So very focused. Yeah. Right at the start, whereas now, <clears throat> we're getting those wonderful phone calls of "I need to spend budget," um, yeah. and also really looking at things with the book and the course attached to that and new clients and and working with new platforms in a different way and doing it in a way that other people aren't doing it and it just feels different
0: uh, uh, yeah. but it was a process I, I basically like when i re renovated the house there were one or two things kind of missing to be like completion things and stuff and um, my plan had been you know let's just kind of go ahead because a buyer can buy that as well as the thing and and this year just today i found myself and they said no i'm I'm going to go through that actual process and just get this in a really the best possible state to sell and um and complete those things i'm going to spend a little money on it i'm going to gonna get the thing done properly and get a, an architect and i might even do something else with the house you know i might even take it off the market for four months and do it and if the market has dropped in four months time well so be it it's no longer a survival." piece wrapped up in me owning or selling this house I want to sell it I want a smaller place and I think I'd probably quite like to live in Sussex or Surrey for three or four years I'd like that but it's no longer wrapped up in survival and and, and I'd have to give you credit for that Kirsty. when we did our um I did it when we were talking about it up at the Smiddy. remember I was talking about how you know I need to be nimble and i need to move out and you said but you can be nimble jim and still own the shiring and you kind of took that dualism away it wasn't like progress has to look like selling it it was that's no longer wrapped up in survival so now my neocortex can deal in the paradox and it has capacity to hold tension it doesn't need everything fixed and sorted and tidy it means that i can work with what's realistic and what's sensible and, and what's responsive to the environment rather than this is about me now, having to take all the control I can and do all the things I need to do, it feels a little bit like in not being in that survival mentality anymore, I can now start to belong again to the world rather than actually fending it off.
1: A survival instinct. A survival instinct reaching outward when inward is is too raw unshaped, unformed, chaotic, self besieged, fragmented by life, death, fear. I wallow without order, without you, but wonder fills the void and story forms from need, awe, pain, forcing me to reach beyond, feeding, growing, sharing, until synthesis redefines, reshapes, reforms, reimagines. So that I may once more reach inward for hope, inspiration, story. Sally Weiner Grota.